Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real-life superheroes. My name is Michael, and I'll be your host. Hey, bro. I thought this was my show. Not today, it isn't. All right. Well, I guess if you're hosting the show, let's see what you got. You got it. Noah, cue up the music. Hello, and welcome to the Superhero Byte Design Podcast, a show where we interview real-life superheroes. My name is Michael Haggerty, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is a good-looking dude and a true doppelganger. When he's not plunging himself in cold water or training his body and mind to endure other extreme conditions, you can find him pestering me, acting like he's my bigger brother. We happen to share the womb together. He's only 30 seconds older than me. Big brother, my ass. Give it up for my identical twin brother, Matthew Ace Haggerty. Ace, welcome to the show. It's good to be on the show. Well, I guess, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's your show, but mine today. So Ace has a book or something. I don't know. It's it's called, you know, Superhero by Myself or something like that. Hey, if this is how things are going to go, I'm going to sign off right now, man. (laughs) Okay, okay. Jokes aside. Ace has a book called Superhero by Design. You can find it on Amazon and Kindle. Also, follow him on social media on Instagram at Ace Haggerty and on Facebook at Matthew Ace Haggerty. All right, man, let's get this really started. And uh, let me start you with one very important question. How are you doing? Oh, the infamous question. Well, I am doing fantastic. I am so excited about this episode. I'm so excited about this show. You know, a couple months ago, never thought I would be on the air with you live. Six months ago, I didn't even really know what podcasts were. I know you're a big podcast guy, and I've just jumped feet first into this. But ever since we talked about doing a show together, I have been completely pumped, completely excited, ready to show the world who you are, even though you're the host. I'm going to turn this back on you just for a second. but. I definitely want the audience and the world to know who my brother, Michael James Haggerty is. I love him to death. He is my identical twin brother. We shared a womb together and now we're sharing the airwaves together and I couldn't be more happy and privileged and honored to be on my show, not yours, with you. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's it's great to have you. Uh, I'm honored to be on your show. You know, I've listened to not every episode, but I've listened to a majority of them and they are phenomenal. Um, you know, before we really get this started, let's, I just want to let you know how proud I am of you for everything you've accomplished, especially over the past year, you know, transforming your life. Uh, as you mentioned on previous podcasts, um, getting a book, writing a book, becoming a published author, and now having a very successful podcast, uh, tip my hat to you, bro. You're doing it. You're doing great and love to see it. And, yeah, super excited and happy to be here. So, yeah, I, I know in previous podcasts that you usually uh, fill in your guests with kind of their background. Um, uh, you've done that on a previous podcast. So I wanted to just tweak it around a little bit today and kind of see what your uh, what your background is, but as a twin with me, obviously, being your twin and how that's been, you know, for these past Man, almost 40 years, 39 years. So, 
That's right. The infamous 40s. 40s are the new 30s, which are the new 20s. So <laughs> technically, we're still in our 20s. Always oh, yeah. going to be. Oh, yeah. um, no, I appreciate you asking that. That's a phenomenal question because I do talk a lot about our parents and our upbringing and all of that, but I haven't really touched too much on our relationship. Like I said before, we shared a womb. We are mirror twins. And what mirror twins are is uh, a certain position in the womb. Whereas I develop strength on one side of my body, you develop strength on the other side of your body. But in layman's terms, that means you grew up right-handed, I grew up left-handed. And so I think that was the only thing that was really different about us was left-handed, right-handed. From the moment we were born, we were premature babies too. Uh, Our mother had a cesarean section. We were two months premature. I was, I think, three pounds, 11 ounces. You were three pounds, 10 ounces. So I beat you by one ounce. (laughs) And I was also taken out of the womb before you. So on our birth certificate, it says I am 30 seconds older than you, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we used to always joke around. You were further down the birth canal being like, I'm going to win the race. I'm going to win the race. And then I'm like, I'm going to hang behind because I know what's going on. So I'm 30 seconds older. From our upbringing, I use that not as an excuse, but I I used it as kind of a, a way to act and take that role as an older brother in a lot of ways. Um, even though it just was 30 seconds. But as much as we had our own identities, there was a very strong identity that we had together. We were Matt and Mike, the M&M twins, as M&M it was twins. coined. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then when M&M came out to rap, I was like, what? M&M? We're the M&Ms. We're the M&M nice. twins. Stole our name, man. Stole our yeah, name. right? Shoot. Anyways, well, I guess he spelt it differently. But so growing up, we were inseparable. We did everything together. We experienced everything life had to offer together. I don't really remember too many times, especially when we were really young, of us ever not experiencing life together. And I was cool with that. I remember people would always ask us, like, do you guys want to be always associated being together or, you know, associated as the same, not the same person, but as a, as a, as a group, you know, or I know I'm not saying this correctly, but I loved it. I loved being your brother, your identical twin brother. Like you were my best friend. We did everything together. We shared a room together for the longest time. I think you were the one that asked for your room first so you could have your own room. I forget. We were probably like 12, 13 years old. Yeah, Um, we were junior high. I had to have my own room, man. I did not want to give that up. (laughs) I did not want to give up my roommate. That's for sure. But that's kind of, that's our, our childhood in a nutshell. Like everything you did I did. Everything I did, you did. We did it together. Our grandma used to dress us up alike 
Now it wasn't completely identical. The clothes were identical, but they were different colors. Yep. And we were really young. We got dressed alike. So for you listeners out there, yes, we were <laughs> dressed alike as kids for, uh, we were probably eight or nine, I'm guessing before we were like, grandma, stop, stop picking out our clothes and dressing us alike because we were getting a little self-conscious, you know, pro- I'm assuming kids picking on us or us being a little self-conscious about it. Yeah, for sure. But it was never a thing of, I wanted to be different from you. I wanted my own identity because a huge part of my identity was you. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I had a, a partner in crime. You know, I, I talk a lot about superheroes and I, I wouldn't even say I was Batman and you were Robin because we were on the same level. You weren't my sidekick. You were like, I don't know, maybe an Avenger partner teammate. I do remember quite a few comics that we read and mostly cartoons on TV. Um, it was funny though, cause you are technically the older brother. Um, and I noticed that the roles that you picked, you know, cause every kid wants to be a superhero, um, especially on the cartoons and comic books. And I remember you always took the kind of the leader role, like for example, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for those of your audience that are familiar with that show. You were the main, you always wanted to be the main guy. So you were Leonardo. You know, he's, That's correct. Yep. He's kind of the leader and I wore glasses. <laughs> so uh, I always kind of picked the nerdy kind of technical character because that's what I could relate to. So I was Donatello. And I've noticed that through quite a few um, ways we identified ourselves. Again, was you were the older brother. I was the younger brother. And you took that lead. And I, I didn't necessarily follow, but, you know, cause I was right there. You always treated me as an equal and vice versa, but I always kind of took that as my role. And I've noticed it's continued throughout my adulthood as well. Um, whether it's running a race and, you know, letting other people lead and me kind of falling and feeling comfortable in that. Um, did you ever think that way or ever feel that way or how's that played out with you? I would say definitely in our relationship, I did take on that, that leadership role, that older brother role set an example, especially when it came to academics. You know, I, I pushed really hard, especially towards the end of high school and in college, I really pushed academics hard because that's what mom and dad always instilled in us was academics, get a good education, get a degree so you can get a good job and have a good career. And so by following that older brother, listening to mom and dad, almost to a T, I took that all the way. And then early in my career, I had the consulting job and, and all of that. Um, so in our relationship, I always took on that leadership role, but it's funny you mentioned that more in general, like letting running a race and letting other people lead and you're kind of comfortable. There's a, a, a belief system that I had inside of me for the longest time of being okay second in command in life. 
So letting someone else lead, letting somebody else get all the glory because I'm, I don't need glory. I don't need people to build up my ego and congratulate me. That's never been something that I've, I've gotten anything out of. Yeah. So when it came to our relationship, I always took that, that, that stance of being the leader and the older brother and all that. But in life in general, I actually took a very similar stance that you're talking about in our relationship of being the guy in second or the guy that's not in the lead because I didn't want to be exposed. Um, I would call it, I was in, in some ways I was kind of driven by the fear of success, the fear of being the leader out there, the fear of being the first one to raise their hand to say, yes, I'm going to do this. And that happened recently too, in a, a event I went to in Texas where we were, um, learning about adaptability quotient. And I talk about this in my episode with, uh, with Veritas, Keith, Dr. Keith Wagner. And one of the things that they made me do during that weekend was when anything comes up, I had to volunteer and say, I'm first, I go first because I didn't want to, I didn't, I, I didn't want to go first. I didn't want to be exposed and all of this. And so that's actually something I've more recently too, I've had, I've learned about myself and I've had to change even at 39 years old. And because, because I, I truly and honestly feel that I am a leader inside, but I wasn't acting like it. And there were these disempowering beliefs that I had in my head telling me either you're not good enough or you're going to fail and not be loved. And I let those control me. And every day I have to make it a conscious decision to go first, raise my hand first, get in line first, volunteer first, because I know that was something in my life that I wanted to change if I wanted to lead people properly and have a big impact on the people around me. Yeah. No, that's interesting, man. I know it's funny. I've never noticed. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Um, yeah. Cause I always thought the exactly way you're pointing. Like I always thought my comfortability with being second and letting other people kind of run the project and me being in the background was more based on our relationship. Um, but hearing it coming from you as well, you know, cause we were, our personalities were almost identical growing up. You know, cause oh, yeah. like you said, we were always together. I'd agree. So I'm wondering if, for me personally, if that came not from you, maybe, you know, obviously seeing you as a, as an older brother and leading definitely had some impact on that. But I wonder if it stemmed from somewhere else, like, like mom, for example, she was a very strong, independent, forceful, uh, woman. Force of nature. Oh, yep. for sure. And, you know, we were very shy growing up, very, very shy. And we'd let her do the talking for us. We'd let her do certain things for us that we didn't feel comfortable with and let her do it because we didn't want to put ourselves out there. We didn't want to, you know, face the realities of potentially not getting what we want or being hurt or, you know, just being vulnerable in general. So that's, that's funny that you mentioned that, I, you know, cause I, I always assumed that, you know, one, you know, we had similar personalities, but that that was more of something that I've been working on and going through 
you know, with my own professional career and relationships. And, you know, I, I've been doing similar things to you, you know, when I facilitate a meeting or a lead a team of engineers or a project um, of being uncomfortable, you know, and going that route. That's, uh, yeah, that's just super interesting for you to point that out that, you know, you were feeling <laughs> exactly the same I was, you know, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just to let you know where you've taken your life, because you did take that. I, w- I hate to use this word, especially over the air, but that beta role, you know, that that follower role. And there, there's a time to be a follower for sure. But within the last, oh man, 10 years or so, like it has been so amazing and so beautiful to see you take control of your life and really just hit the ground running. Like it started with your career and really taking the reins, not being happy with where you were taking the reins with your career. Now you're leading tons of engineers and you're doing a great job at that becoming a leader in your relationship with your now wife and your kids being a father, like you have gone through, I talk about my transformational journey in the past year. Like you have been going through a transformational journey for the past decade to become an amazing leader in your professional life, an amazing leader in your family. And we we'll get into this in a little bit, but I just want to applaud you because there were times like with real estate, for example, right? I'm in real estate. I've been in real estate longer than you. And I kind of got you interested in investing in real estate and all that. And then you just freaking hit the ground running when it came to real estate stuff, like what you do with your short-term rentals and all of that. And the, the business that you built up with that, you just blew right past me. And I'm not too proud to admit that I was jealous. Like I was extremely jealous and it had nothing to do with you on a personal level, none of that at all. I think what had happened was I also had this like view of our relationship in a way that, yeah, I was the leader and I'll, you know, I, I do the results. You were always, by the way, for the audience, uh, my brother is a badass when it comes to triathlons. He's done an Ironman and he just, kicks ass when it comes to physical fitness and endurance training and endurance events. Like he's done some crazy shit. Um, that never bothered me too much because that wasn't my identity, right? That was my thing. Yeah. You were the smart that was one. Your thing. You were the smart one. I was the like athletic or outgoing one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was Leonardo. You were Michelangelo mixed in with Donatello. Yeah. But yeah, when it came to real estate, I was like, okay, I'm going to kick butt in real estate. And then here you go blowing past me, getting more properties, cash flow, being more successful. And yeah, that was a big part of my identity. And at first, that 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 change in the dynamic between us, especially when it was something that I had a lot of pride in and a lot of focus in. And for you, you know, I was happy for you. Don't get me wrong. Like I was ecstatic 
but I was, there were, there was jealousy and I think I was frustrated with myself. And then I would tell myself the negative self garbage talk that we tell ourselves, which is completely disempowering. And if I had let that happen, there would probably be resentment that would have been built up and things like that. But like, I applaud you, man. Like you're still doing great in real estate. You're still doing great in your professional life. Amazing father, amazing husband. And you're doing other amazing things too in your professional life, which just blows my mind. Um, but enough about you. This this show's about <laughs> about you interviewing me. So let's yeah, let's sure, keep man. it going. Let's yeah. let's get the focus back on on this guy over here. Yeah, no, definitely, man. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for for all the feedback and you know, compliments and nice things to say. So um something you did hit on that that stuck in my head and something that we've talked about a little bit was you know, finding your own identity or, um, you know, me, you know, I found my own identity and that kind of messed with our relationship. You know, we've, we've had our ups and downs in our relationship. Um, once we got out of the house, started going to college, starting our own careers, um, getting married, things of that sort. So, um, can you just kind of go into that a little bit, like how our relationship has kind of changed? And, you know, all the ups and downs that have kind of come in for that and that how that's shaped you and your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's a, that's a great question. Well, it's, it's no secret that we grew up in addiction family. Our parents struggled with their addictions and the coping mechanisms that we used to use to survive when things got really chaotic definitely made us grow together but we did have a level of codependence on one another naturally we're kids we were in these situations at times where all we had was each other and we always took care of each other and so we developed this relationship a lot of it was healthy and a little bit of of it was probably unhealthy. And so as we got older and when our parents, a big event in our lives was the passing of our parents. They passed away within 18 months of each other. In our twenties. Yeah. Yeah. In our late mid to late twenties. And, uh, we were both mama's boys. So for you listeners out there, we were both mama's boys and that was the most difficult time of my life. I'm sure it was the most difficult time of your life as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing that happens when a family dynamic completely changes like that, roles start to change. And we were at a time in our life when we were out of college, we were starting our careers, uh, we were getting serious with the girls that we were dating at the time, and we were trying to go to the next step of our careers, of our personal lives. And then boom, this atomic bomb just happens where our mom gets sick with cancer, goes through that for three years and loses her battle. And then shortly after, um, having to take care of our dad and his illnesses until 18 months later when he passes away. So we completely, our lives were completely turned upside down. And now we need to navigate these new 
identities with these new chapters in our lives. And I think both of us did the best we could do. We went to therapists, things like that, tried our best, but our relationship was changing. There was the codependence that we had to work on to to break uh, so that we could continue lives with, with our families separately. We had to navigate that. We had to navigate how do we still be close brothers, twin brothers. We're not even brothers. We're, we're freaking identical twin brothers. Like we have the same DNA. And so that was a very strenuous time on our relationship. We obviously worked really hard at it. I believe there was a time where we kind of took a step back because we just, sometimes you have to take a step back in life just to see it from a a broader angle, a broader view. And then you can bring it back together and build it back up. And I feel like this past year, we have definitely taken a lot of big steps forward in our relationship, in our maturity, in our, um, in our dynamic. And it, it's, it's absolutely wonderful, but those years, it was a good few years. Like we, we talked all the time. We talk every week. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing that for years and years and years, but there was something that was just missing. It was that, that depth, that, part inside of us where we would talk about what's going on and we would be supportive of each other, but we weren't sharing like we used to share. One of my fondest memories of us growing up. So we lived in a community that had a swimming pool and a hot tub. And so we would go there all the time and we loved it. And I remember just you and I would sit in the hot tub together when we were kids and teenagers and we just shoot the shit. But then we'd have in-depth conversations about life, about what we want to do, our dreams, our aspirations. And I feel like we let life get in the way. And so we, we took a step back in our early 30s and we still talked to each other, but we weren't having that same relationship because the relationship can never be the same again. We're not kids anymore. Yeah. We're adults with families, with our own communities. So we, we had to figure out the, the love was always there. Like the, the, the foundation to our relationship has always been there. We love each other unconditionally. We are always going to be there for one another, no matter what. However, we had to figure out, okay, how are we going to make this relationship work as adults? And what, what do we want out of our relationship, our, 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 our brotherhood. And so for me, I really just had to take full accountability for everything. I think that's where things really started to change for me. I, I talked to you about this, the 100% brother. Who do I need to be so that I can be the 100% brother that I want to be for you and for me? And this dream relationship I have, I'm going to be my side of it because I can only control myself. I can only control my actions, what I say, what I do. And if I'm being everybody, I, the man I need to be as your brother, I can't expect anything else. And so when I 
finally stopped the blaming, the resentment, because there was that. Oh, this, I blame Mike for this. I blame Mike for this. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. It was in my head. It was all my responsibility. And once I started doing that and also telling you like, hey, bro, like I am not fucking cool with this. We need to fix this. We need to do something. And obviously I'm not going to be perfect at it. I'm not the most tactful of person. So I'll say things that'll piss you off or say the wrong things, but it didn't stop me from trying and refining my approach and trying to just do the best I can every single day when it comes to our relationship. Yeah, man. No, I, I totally hear that. And it just brings back so many memories of, uh, especially the last you know few years when it has been challenging um, of everything we've gone through and you know the conversations that we've had the the really hard conversations where uh, you're calling me out or I'm calling you out um, in the moment you know respectfully obviously we don't want to you know we've only had really I think one like major blow up like major blow up I'm not going to get into it but you know. When you have conversations that are heated like that, it, it doesn't do any anyone any good. Things are said that are said in the heat of the moment. And it's it it just it's more destructive than constructive for sure. But you know, I, I've seen the changes in our conversations. You know, for a while it was very surface level, like, "Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How's the weather? Oh, yeah, yeah, blah blah blah." You know, and you know, it's it's been really awesome and really great to have more in-depth conversations with you. And you, like you said, you know, they're never going to be what they used to be, you know, because we were young, we were still discovering the world. And, you know, I like to think we, we are more advanced than that at this point. And we are in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, there's still a lot more to explore and to find. And I'm looking forward to, you know, learning more about you about your current life and where things are going to go and what your dreams and aspirations are going to be. Because, you know, like you said, a year ago, you know, none of this was even in your mind, you know, and to see you go through it and expand upon it. Um, you know, I'm learning a whole lot more about Ace Haggerty than I knew. And, you know, bringing me on this podcast, you know, you know, obviously we didn't have to do much homework because, we know each other extremely well, but, you know, just learning more about you and seeing what you have done has, has been amazing. I love it. It's, it's been, it's been fun to say the least. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. One of the biggest things that I talk about is, have I told you about my rocking chair analogy? Uh, I haven't heard this one though. Okay. Well, I like to imagine myself from time to time on a rocking chair and I see myself like in a log on, on a uh, walkout porch of a log cabin. And in front of me is this big field. And so I'm just sitting in the rocking chair, rocking. It's nice. It's the morning. The air is crisp. I've got my coffee next to me. And I just think I'm like, okay. And I'm an old man. Sorry. That's, that's the big point of this is I'm not 39 years old in this picture. I'm, uh, so you're, I'm an, an, you're old. an old, you're an older man than how old you are. Eddie. Yeah, I'm, I'm a young man, baby. <laughs> um, 
yeah, just sitting in this rocking chair, thinking about my life, looking at the field and, and in the field too, it's like my, there's my family and it's like a big gathering. Kids are running around with whatever streamers or kites or whatever kids run around with these days. Uh, uh, iPhones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> running around holding up the, their iPhone streamer. Um, yeah. And I think about like, okay, if I'm reflecting on my life, did I live the life that I wanted to live? Have I designed my life in the way that brought me happiness and made me content? Because once I'm old and I'm on my rocking chair and I physically am old and my abilities are are no longer there or whatever, I don't know where I'm going with this. Long story short, when I look back on my life in my rocking chair, and if you are not a huge part of it, and our relationship by that time isn't strong and we've become estranged or any of that, and I don't know anything about you, you have kids and grandkids that I don't get to see, that I don't know anything about, I will have known that I failed in life. And so when I think about things in the terms of the rocking chair, it puts things in perspective. That's really all it does. I'm putting perspective on my life. And if you weren't a huge part of my life, if you weren't an integral part of my life, and I did not know the ins and outs of who Michael James Haggerty is, I would have failed in life. And so I had to take a really hard look in the mirror. One, what kind of relationship do I want with you? Two, who do I need to be to be in that relationship with you? Because I can't expect anything from you. I have to be the 100% brother. I have to be the person who shows up and, and really is there for you as the best brother I can be. Yeah, that makes sense, man. That's, that's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely haven't heard that one. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, well, I kind of went into a lot of detail. Usually I keep it a lot more, uh, I give people more of an abridged version. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to switch things up on you a little bit. Um, all right. So this is what I call the, the Q and a session question and answer. And this one, uh, this today is based on ding, ding, ding twins. And Hold so on. Are, are you, do, are you doing a segment right now? Is uh, this like the thing is, that you're going to try to bring into the show? Oh, for sure, man. 100%. I'm, I'm getting my DNA back in here, even though it's already in here. Um, All right, who, who sponsors this segment? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> M&Ms. M&Ms. Oh, there we go. That's perfect. It's sponsored by M&M's. Now we're going to get sued. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, oh yeah, it is my show today. Dang. Anyway, so I reached out to a bunch of uh, your listeners, friends, families. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice I just one. wanted to do a little homework and uh, generated a list of questions that based on being a twin, especially an identical twin, that I wanted to you know get some answers for. You know, it's most of these questions, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, we have heard most of our life and most twins, especially identical twins, get these questions all the time, or at least when you're young and, you know, kids are inquisitive to say the least. So 
Uh, yeah. So let's get started. You ready? Yeah, this sounds fun. Let's do it. All right, cool. So one big one we always get is, have you guys swapped classes? We have. I believe in high school, we did switch a class, probably multiple classes, but I do remember one class that we swapped. I think you were in like home ec or something like that. So it was like a half-baked class where, I don't know, we sewed or something like that. So I remember we had swapped classes. I went into um, home ec or something. And then you went into like probably one of my history classes or something like that. I think Mr. Gade was uh, the teacher of that class possibly. And during the swap, it was cool. I got to see people that I normally don't see. People kind of looked at me a little strange, like, hold on. Something, something's a little off here. That people that obviously, <laughs> yeah, it? people that knew me really well knew that it wasn't you, but there were other people in other grades. Cause I think it was a mixed grade class probably anyways. Yeah. So people would give me like side eye, like something's off today, but it was a chill class. Everything went well. I don't think we really did anything in that class that day. And so everything was great as far as I knew. And then we met up, I'm sure, later that day, however that happened. And did you, I don't know, did you even tell me that you got a pop quiz in the class of mine that you went into? Oh, yeah. No, right away. Because I knew grades were important to you. So, yeah, you got to enjoy, I believe it was a movie. So you got to watch a movie during whatever class I had. And I got yeah. an awesome pop quiz followed up by a nice lecture on things I had no idea anything about. Like, I'm pretty sure I got a 0%. And that was probably your only 0% ever in school. And because it was like you were saying, it was history. So it was very specific to things I never read before. Like if it was math or, you know, chemistry or whatever, I could probably half-ass my way through it, even if I didn't know the material. But yeah. That was a horrible idea, by the way, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember being pissed. I was like jumping up. I, I was, didn't know how to control my emotions very well. But yeah, I, I was pretty pissed. I was like, really? So I got to watch a movie and you got to fail a test for me. Awesome. This went so well. It was, it was a lose-lose for both of us <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways. So yeah, for any uh, twins out there, do not swap classes. It is It could turn out not so good. Public service announcement, don't switch classes. So unless yeah. you don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So follow-up question to that, uh, somewhat similar. Oh, have you I think ever I know what you could ask? Oh yeah. Have you ever swapped girls or date, you know, <gasps> went on a date with your brother's girlfriend to see if they would notice? That I can very easily recall as a no. Um, sorry to disappoint you, listeners out there. There's no good story of my brother and I swapping dates, man. We had a hard enough time in junior high with our shyness and our lack of confidence in the lady department to uh, <laughs> get a girlfriend, let alone, yeah, try to swap dates. But uh, we have never, never swapped swap dates, at least as far as I know. <laughs> no, that's for sure, man. Our, uh, our taste in women are completely different. So, you know, the girls that you've dated... That's or, true. Yeah. Or what you were into and same thing for me. So yeah. Plus, you know, 
we know they would know the difference right away. You know, we didn't date and continue, you know, we don't date women that are, you know, would fall for that sort of thing. I'm not trying. I don't to- know if, I don't know if anyone would fall for that. Like, honestly, like you would have to be super identical personalities, like almost identical, like class. Okay. That's one thing. Yeah. Teacher might or might not notice kids kind of might or might not have noticed. But yeah, if, if you're in a relationship with somebody, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe if we dated around a bunch and we were just like, okay, I, I've gone on one date with this girl. How about you jump in and, and see where that goes? Maybe something like that would have worked, but that was, that n- never was our style. No. Um, yeah. And the logistics of it was just, it's too much of a pain in the butt, too much work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no need. No. Cool. All right. Next question. Um, I don't know why people ask this, but people do. Which one of you is the evil twin? The evil twin. I love this question. You are the evil twin. (laughs) Well, my answer to this is you're the evil twin, of course. Like, why would it be me? Like, you know me. I'm a good person. Of course, it has to be my brother. It has to be Matt. Come on. He's the evil. That's true. People do say left-handed people are sinister. But I think that's the only... uh, only reason I would be the evil twin. Everyone secretly behind your back said you were the evil twin too. So I've got, I've got people, I've got people on my side. Now the evil, only the evil twin would say something like that. So there's, there's my case right there. Shit. All right. Well, I guess, I guess this, uh, this question is still up in the air. How about the audience can decide who the evil twin is? I like it, man. Leave it up to them. They're they're way smarter than we are anyway. So that's true. All right. Next, uh, who do you think your parents' favorite child was? Who do you think mom and dad favored? That one was just as easy as the other one. They did not favor either one of us. I know that for a fact. Both of our parents loved us equally. Um, and I'm I'm not trying to like be super serious about this, like our parents were unconditionally loving, amazing parents. Yes, they had their own faults and that it is what it is. But when it came to the love department and the support department, no favorites. Have you always felt that way? Mm. I know as adults, it's, you know, it's a little bit different because, you know, you see your parents as not equals, but you understand them more than when you're a teenager. But yeah, did, did you ever feel that way growing up? I would say I did because when it came to the really important things, like they, I don't, they, they never played favorites. We never got treated differently. So I would say, yeah, throughout our entire life, I honestly believe and feel that, that they saw us exactly as equals. Yeah, my my answer to that would be. Very similar. Um, There was a point, though, however, um, I think it was in junior high where I felt mom favored you more. Um, And it goes back to my own insecurities at the time. Um, And I actually brought this up with mom before she passed away. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to have a pretty in-depth conversation with her about it. And it it was something trivial, like you know, when we finally got our own rooms and, you know, mom would tuck us in and say goodnight, 
you know, dad worked graveyard, so he wasn't able to do that. So mom was there, you know, just to, you know, I forget what she would do. Maybe just talk about the day and, you know, wish us good night. And I remember for, for a period of time, she would spend like, literally, like, it feels like a minute to me. Like she would briefly be with me and then she'd go over to your room and talk to you for like an hour. And I know it wasn't that long. It was probably like five minutes or whatever. Uh, maybe longer, depending on the day. Um, and I always was like, I, I was getting resentful. I was like, why the hell is she talking to him so much more? Like, she must love him more. You know, she must, you know, really like him more than she likes me. And I truthfully, I, I felt that that was true. Um, you know, I didn't have the emotional skills to really question or look into myself or ask the right questions of and analyze it the, the healthy way. I did the extremely unhealthy way and blamed you. Um, and we never talked about this because um, it didn't last too long. You know, mom was smart at figuring things out. But when I asked her about it when we were in our 20s, she basically said, you know, she didn't favor either of us. She just thought that I didn't enjoy it because either I was like brief with my answers or something that she read and you know it goes back to you know the environment that we grew up in you know being communication was extremely poor and mm -hmm. it, it just oh, yeah. wasn't us it was you know obviously mom and dad too so it was a lack of communication between both of us you know she read and understood that i didn't like it so she spent less time with me where i saw it as her not loving me as much and spending more time with you and, you know, not till I was older and could find the right words and have the right emotional skill set to talk to her about it um, that I actually found it out. But, yeah, to your point, they didn't. You know, they loved us the same. You know, yeah. it was just more me analyzing it improperly. I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I never heard that story. And it's being a third person from you saying that. Like it's clear as day, right? Like it was an insecurity, lack of communication. But when you're a child and you're trying to figure out these things and we grew up as twins, man, we did everything the same, same sports, same everything activities. We hung out with the same group of friends. And then, so if there was any imbalance in anything, and in this case, it was mom talking to us when, when we were, went to bed just the, the time lapse of, of those conversations. And so, yeah, it's really interesting to, to hear that, but I appreciate you sharing. Cause yeah, I, I didn't know that, but yeah, um, yeah, mom and dad were, were awesome. They, they loved us <laughs> unconditionally and I will never for all their faults. I would, I would not go back and say, I wanted to have it any, any different. Cause then we wouldn't be the people we are today. Yeah. I agree, man. So next one. All right. If I hit you, does the other one feel it? Yes. No. <laughs> I've never felt your pain like that. If somebody punched you, I remember you got body slammed one time and broke your rib. I did not feel that. Thankfully, because that would have sucked. Yep. When I threw a rock at your head and hit you and you started bleeding. I did not feel your physical pain. I felt emotional pain because I got in a lot of trouble for it. When we wrestled, 
and I dislocated your thumb. These have a lot of themes of you getting hurt. Um, <laughs> when we wrestled and yeah, I dislocated your thumb by landing on you awkwardly. I did not feel that as well. Once again, I got into a whole lot of trouble. So I felt emotional pain. So no, I've never felt pain or like if you get punched, I don't feel it. However, ESP, I do believe in, I do believe that you and I, our relationship was so close that there was this just innate feeling. Mm -hmm. And so when you were having a bad day or something happened, I intuitively felt that. And I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. There's been quite a few times that I've felt uneasy in the day or kind of sensed something was wrong and uh, talked to you later in the day and come to realize you had a really bad day and, you know, something traumatic happened, uh, whether it was, you know, I don't want to, you know, I can't think of a specific example, but like if you got in a car accident or something like that, or like, you know, you got bit by a dog, you know, and needed to go to the ER. Um, I was like, Oh, that's what was going. That's what that feeling was about. But yeah, yeah. As far as like hitting you or whatever, I, we would have been in a lot of pain growing up if every yeah. time we hit each other, we felt it because we would have stopped immediately. That one fight and then it's over. Uh, I remember yeah, I punched you in the face one time in Costco because um, I was like trying to act like I was going to punch you in the face because you were pissing me off. <laughs> that I actually hit you in the face. Oh man, I felt so oh, I bad. Remember that. Yeah, you didn't tell mom because I begged you not to, but uh, I felt horrible because that, yeah, obviously. That's no, what pissed me off do. even more was after the motions were done and all that, you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't even I hit did. you that hard. <laughs> all right, next question. Uh, do twins run in your family? There are twins in our family, extended family. But yeah, there there were like grand, great-grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. Uh, yeah. So yeah, dad's dad was a twin. He was yep. a fraternal twin, uh, but still a twin. And our cousins, um, yep, are identical twins. And I'm sure if we went back far enough, there would be more. But yeah, we do have both identical and fraternal twins in our family. Yeah, not an overwhelming amount, but there are twins for sure. Yeah. So, and it skips a generation. So. Like my girls are actually look pretty darn similar, but they're uh, definitely not twins. All right. So, all right, let's uh, jump into another question. Let's see. Okay. What's the weirdest twin moment you've experienced? I'm going to jump in with mine, but I want to hear yours first. You want to hear mine first? Weirdest twin moment. How about you go first? Cause I'm all right. coming up with a little bit of a blank right now. Maybe you'll jog my memory here. Uh, so I remember we were, I can't remember the ages, but we've talked about this moment like numerous times. So long time ago, you had a dream about something and I had a dream about something. And we actually had the same dream, the same night. I don't know, remember if we talked about it that next morning, but eventually a few years later, uh, our mom took us down to Southern California to visit some family and to go to the amusement parks and things like that. And we ended up going to medieval times. And right when we got there, got out of the car, we just looked at each other like, 
what the heck? Because it was deja vu immediately. We just looked at each other, started talking to each other, went inside, you know, got our chicken leg and our thing of Coca-Cola. And yeah, I believe it was the blue night or it could have been the green night. I can't remember. But it was the same night, you know, they won all that sort of stuff. And before that, when we had the dream, we had no idea what medieval times was. We, you know, it was just amazing to have the same dream, identical dreams on the same night and having deja vu and talking about it while it was happening, you know, like two, three years later. Yeah. That was yeah, like, I, I just remember that. That was like the craziest moment. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty trippy. Cause I, I remember that now that you're mentioning it, that we both were just looked at each other and we were just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, are we in the twilight zone or something? Like, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, I remember that dream pretty well. And then, yeah, when we went to medieval times, it was just like, what, what the heck is going on? This, are you, feeling what I'm feeling. And you're like, yeah, this is freaking weird. When you didn't say freaking, that's what I say now, but uh, (laughs) this is freaking weird, bro. Um, That was a trippy moment. I would say for me, lesser trippiness stuff. Like we don't, we talk on the phone a lot, but we don't do video chat too often. And I remember probably about a year ago, both of us decided to grow our facial hair out at the same time without even talking about it. And if anybody knows us, we don't grow our facial hair out because one, it looks super dirty, but two, there's a lot of patches. Patch our dad items. had an, yep. yeah, our dad had an amazing mustache. He never was able to grow a beard, but we don't even get the mustache from our dad. We get, I don't even, I don't even know what it looks like. It's, it's shouldn't be shown to the public, but for some weird reason, we both grew our facial hair out at the same time. And just muscled through it. And then we got on a Zoom call and we just looked at each other like, whoa, what the heck is going on? This is crazy. And so there's moments like that. There's one other moment recently within the past couple of years too. So I live in Tennessee. My brother still lives in California, uh, not where we grew up, but he's in California still. And we both from time to time work on our houses and things like that. So I had just put in a new mailbox. Our old mailbox was was old and decrepit and falling down. So I put in a new mailbox. I went to Lowe's. I picked up uh, this custom wood post and this particular kind of mailbox. They, ha- If you've ever been to Lowe's or Home Depot or any of those box stores, they have tons and tons to choose from. And so I installed it, poured the concrete, put the post in, attached the mailbox, and took a photo of it. And I was all proud of it because, you know, guy, it's a guy thing. We, we, we like to do stuff around the house and we're super proud of our weekend warrior stuff. So anyways, I did that. And about a week later, we're talking on the phone and you're telling me about your mailbox and how you just installed a new mailbox on your house. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's a coincidence. You know, a coincidence. You installed a mailbox. Hey, hi, bro, send me a photo. I want to see. I want to see your work. I just wanted to see it. See what kind of mailbox you chose. I shit you not. 
not only did he pick the same post, the same four by four wood post, but he picked the exact same mailbox as well. Completely blew my mind. I was like, oh, here we go again. Another twin moment. And we've had moments like that throughout our lives. A lot of them I don't remember, but I remember stuff like this used to happen all the freaking time. And it still happens, even though we're on different parts of the country. For some reason, both of us had to replace our mailbox at the same time. And we picked the same freaking post and the same freaking mailbox. And it was insane. Yeah. I I, I could blame this on Google being the culprit, but you know, it's happened so often throughout our lives that it's, it's, you know, it's serendipitous being an identical twin and, you know, sharing the same DNA, being in the womb together and just growing up, you know, side by side. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's true, man. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I got, let's see, we got time for, we, yeah, we got time for a few more. Um, all right. Are you lonely when you're alone? <laughs> Do you prefer to be with someone? You know, just, and I'm assuming this is under the assumption because, you know, we were always together, always together. Oh, yeah. No, I, you know, I live in an apartment by myself now, and this has been a new occurrence for about the last six months. And I've never lived by myself. It was you and me against the world up until probably close to 26, 27 years old, about 10 to 12 years ago. But then ever since then, I've always had roommates. I've always, had people around me. And one of the scariest things of moving in by myself was I was, I have my dog, but I was going to be living by myself, living, living alone for the first time ever scared the hell out of me. Now, now it's all right. I I don't mind coming back to the, uh, an apartment with, uh, well with Dallas, but yeah, so I've gotten used to it and I think anybody can get used to it. But if I had a preference, I would like to have a roommate or somebody around. Um, I had the opportunity to move into a house by myself instead of an apartment, but I chose an apartment because there's other people here. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird to be in a house by myself. So yeah, I, I did not want to do it. It was scary and now it's not too bad, but I don't know. I just, I like being around people and yeah, I think that has a lot to do with us being around all each other all the time. I just, it's nice for a change of pace, but I don't want it to be the norm for the rest of my life. Yeah. No, I I can totally relate. I don't think most people (laughs) like to live by themselves, to be honest. I I know there's people out there that love their own space and, you know, might get annoyed by other people or people get annoyed by their little ticks or whatnot habits and stuff. But I, I feel most people, like to have some sort of companion again, whether it's a dog, person, spouse, friend, roommate, whatever. Um, I think the big thing for for me being a twin, though, specifically, was moving away from you. You know, we grew up together. We went to the same college together. We were roommates, or at least lived in the same place together. Uh, when we left, um, you know, we kind of broke apart a little bit just due to locations of our job but eventually moved in together in Oakland, you know, for a few years. And for me, the biggest one was moving to Chicago because I was moving away from everyone I knew, you know, specifically you two as well. And I did have a roommate there, but it was different because I didn't know the person at all. Just through the program 
that I was involved in. And that for me was like what you're going through, similar to what you're going through right now, even though I did have a roommate. Um, but it was more so breaking apart from you. I know you touched that about that a little bit earlier, finding our own identity and things like that. And for me, that was a big step for me to, I, you know, find my own identity, be my own person and not have you as a crutch or be there as, as my right hand or left hand man, I guess. There we go. Left hand uh, man. That's me. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's for me, I, you know, I like my alone time, but I definitely do not prefer <laughs> being alone. But again, I, I feel most people would probably like that. So yeah, for me, it's I think more, it's a little bit harder for us too, though, just because that's what all we knew for yeah. decades for our entire life. I agree. All right, man, I got uh, one last question. Let's see. Make it a good one. Mm. All right. All right. I got to, I got to thumb through these. Make it a hard one. Difficult, <laughs> difficult. All right. So have you played the twin prank on people before? I know we kind of touched on this as far as like switching classes and girls and things like that. Um, but have we done any twin pranks? Hmm. Twin pranks. I wish I could say I was a master pranker, but I don't even know if I <laughs> was a a master pranker. I guess yeah. we could, uh, I guess you doing the intro, that was kind of a good prank. <laughs> I like no, that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I think it, when I think of pranks, like, of course, yeah, we didn't really do much pranking growing up. Uh, we should have leveraged our twinness a little bit more in that department. But I, I just know that there have been numerous times where people would mix us up and i guess it's kind of a prank it's an unintentional prank but if someone was thinking i was you they're like oh hey matt what's going on blah 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 uh i would just play the role because it was more towards my insecurities me like oh sorry you're wrong i'm michael i'm a different person i'm my own individual for christ's sake um i just kind of rolled with it so yeah i would make things up on the fly and you know, not intentionally try to sabotage it or ever, but just try to roll with it. And then someone would find out later and man, they would be so embarrassed. Oh, really? They'd turn like red yeah. in the face or just, you know, it would be, you know, we'd laugh about it and whatnot, but it was, I guess that could kind of be a pseudo prank. You know, it's nothing on the level. Unintentional prank. Unintentional. It's no jackass sort of thing where develop this plan of here's this cartoon I drew of we how it's going to go down. Yeah, we need to start making up for not lost time, but make up for uh, stuff we didn't do when we were younger. So we should start continuing, start a, a, a thing of uh, pranking people. I would say for me, I don't remember us really pranking anybody or anything, but I did and I still do get called Mike all the time. And now that I'm here in Tennessee, people call me Mike. But I think it's because Matt and Mike are so similar names yeah. that Matt, 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 Mike, 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 very common names as well. And so I just roll with it, like not trying to act like you or anything, but I do the same thing just because I've been called Mike so many times. And even by our friends, I would be called Mike just because they're thinking of you maybe. And then they're ref 
you know, saying my name to me or saying your name to me. So I've been called Mike so many times. And now that it's happened by so many people that have never even met you or even know I have a twin brother that I just say Mike is my name, whatever, <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah, I do the same. Uh, when people call me Matt or Matthew, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to correct them. I know what they mean. You know, if it's someone we know yeah. or, if, or if not, you know, whatever. It's all okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And then I want to I want to plug your plug some of your stuff real quick. So, yeah, yeah man, a, you should have you should have been doing this the whole show. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know. I was just having too much fun, too too much into it. Um so yeah, again, my brother Ace has a book called Superhero by Design. Again, you can find it on Amazon and Kindle. Highly recommend it. It's an amazing book and it's a great transformational book on my brother's journey and can help anyone out there. Also, you can find him on social media on Instagram at Ace Haggerty and on Facebook at Matthew Ace Haggerty. Bro, this has been amazing. I, when you initially brought this up, I was, I wouldn't say I was skeptical um, because I knew what it was all about. You know, it's just, you know, a little bit nervous, I guess is a better term, but as we were talking about it, just got super excited and just had an amazing time today and loved every moment of it and look forward to possibly you know, collaborating in the future. You know. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, you're, you're not getting away with just one. I know we didn't touch on much of your life and all the amazing things. And just to give people a sneak preview, like my brother is a flipping superhero. He is super dad. He is super husband. He does a phenomenal, uh, he does so many amazing things in his personal and professional life. Like I could go on and on and on about the amazing, incredible things, the things he's pushed himself through both physically and mentally throughout the years. So that will be on a future show. We are not getting into this. You are not getting it today. It's all about me today, baby. It's awesome, man. Now I look forward to it and definitely will be there. So now with that said, Michael out. Really? You're going to do my outro too. Typical Michael. Hey, just because I do it better than you. Whatever, man. Whatever, man. Hey, dude, stop copying me, okay? Dude, stop copying me, okay? Oh, now we're playing repeater? Oh, now we're playing repeater? <laughs> okay, I guess okay. that's what we're... Okay. Okay. <laughs> because that's what we're okay. doing. <laughs> okay. Awesome, man. Well, I love you. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, peace out, man. Good luck, and uh, again, so proud of you. You're doing amazing. Keep kicking ass. Word. Have a great day. Love you. Love you. See you, dude.
Send your flowers, but they're cute.